Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Gird your loins. It's time to go on vacay. Hello and welcome back to Vacay. I am your host, Lisa Hamilton. I'm just going to get straight into it. This week's guest, you met her on Honey Badger's season of The Bachelor, and then you just, you really fell in love with her when she starred on Bachelor in Paradise for two seasons. It is the gorgeous Alicia Aitken Radburn. I met Alicia after she had just filmed the first season of Bachelor in Paradise. And she went back in and today I really want to explore what it's like traveling to find love. Yes, very wholesome, very sweet. I'm going to ask her all about what went down on Bachelor in Paradise. And of course, when she met her great love, Glenn, and subsequently moved to Perth to be with him. So yeah, we'll be exploring traveling for love. I really do hope you enjoy. Alicia, welcome to Vacay. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast this morning at 7 a.m. No. your time. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I'm so excited. Look, this is how I know that you must like me. You've gotten up this early to jump on my podcast, so I appreciate it. No, now, totally fine. Now, there's so many different reasons why I get guests on Vacay. Obviously, as the name suggests, it's a podcast all about traveling. Uh, And today I wanted to explore something a little bit different when it comes to traveling. There's so many reasons why people go on holidays. Like it could just be for leisure. uh, It could be for work. It could be to visit family. It could be to go on an adventure. But you've done a lot of traveling for love, haven't you? (laughs) I have, with mixed results. You know what you've you've done it and you've put yourself out there and I feel like you're you've now traveled to the other side of the country for love and it's it seems to be working out really nicely for you. Yeah, it is. And now we are together, me and my partner Glenn, we are doing lots of traveling together. So it's been a long journey. Firstly, well, oh my gosh, it started traveling to Oxford Falls in Sydney so that wasn't much of a stretch but then we then we went to Fiji twice and now I'm over the other side of the country from Sydney to Perth. I I really love your story because obviously we all first met you uh, when you're on the Honey Badgers season of The Bachelor. Um, I mean, that was a great storyline, but I feel like we really got to know you and fall in love with you when you went on Bachelor in Paradise. And that's such an interesting concept for a show um, because in Bachelor it feels like very much heavy, intense filming um, and you hear a lot of stories from people saying like it's just so tiring and it really just puts you um, to the test. But Bachelor in Paradise feels a little bit less hectic and dare I say it, you can actually enjoy a bit of a holiday even though it's a bit of a weird scenario that you're being filmed going on dates. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I don't think... It's something that I don't think the audience quite 
understands. I think people are getting it more and more as Bachelor in Paradise as a format is introduced to Australia, but you couldn't have two shows that are more different to be a part of. Bachelor, um, you've obviously got one suitor that everyone's focused on um, and just the structure of filming and everything like that, like to every aspect, it's so different. I would have spoken to The Bachelor for about 20 minutes over my course of being in the mansion for six weeks. So I was away from my friends and family. I'd left my job for six weeks. And then when I went to Paradise and uh, my first season of Bachelor in Paradise, I was there from go to woe. So I was there for, and that's four weeks. So even then, like I got halfway through The Bachelor and that's six weeks. I've done the whole experience on Bachelor in Paradise. That's four weeks. The second time I was probably there for about three weeks. I was intruder. Um, <laughs> but when you first enter Fiji, when you first enter Bachelor in Paradise, I remember I did my entrance and we all there the first year. It was like the initial group of people. And I remember going up to one of my producers and being like, oh, can we like can we talk to each other is that is that what's happening because the bachelor was so different and mm. the the bachelor himself was so safeguarded against like it was so structured every piece of interaction like you know people say oh it's scripted blah 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 it's not scripted but it's structured they mm. want to make sure that they catch every interaction between you and the bachelor on camera so they capture any sort of relationship progression bachelor in paradise was like big brother like we were just <laughs> honestly having the time of our lives and it did feel like a holiday it felt like a holiday where you were doing lots of making out and there were cameras everywhere which I mean that kind of happens when you go on holidays with your friends you get filmed doing all the crazy shit that you do. Yeah, exactly. Do. It all ends up well, on the internet. Well, that's what we're like. <laughs> we're all producing our own little reality TV shows, right? Like that's really what <laughs> social media, we are, the, what we project out to people, you know, if we're on holiday, let's take like the good old days of Bali. If you're popping up some rowdy videos of you like at Finn's Beach Club and you're like, <laughs> your friends caught a moment of you like hooking up with some guy on the DF, you're putting that on your Instagram because you want people to know that you're rowdy, you're having a good time and that you've hooked up with that guy on the DF. So I do, I think we are all producing our own little, you know, Lisa Hamilton, (laughs) the real life. I don't know if my if my uh, self made reality show is that interesting anymore. It's like cooking a pasta tonight. It's, it's definitely gone downhill. The content, but no, Bachelor in Paradise is so fun to watch. I think that comes through. Uh, like, I want to go. I want to go on that holiday. It just seems like you're just having really delicious cocktails and flirting with young hot things. It seems yeah, like a great holiday. Basically, it was, and I think that you get that from basically any contestant, contestant, <laughs> participant that has been on both shows that it's just, I, I understand why, you know, I was on the second series in Australia and I think that it's sort of, it's come a little bit further since there in the sense that like 
Lachlan Gilbert's girls on the most, was he most recent? Yeah, on the most recent season of The Bachelor. There was like a lot of chat between those women about like, you know, really wanting to go to Bachelor in Paradise. And I totally get it. Like it is just a different, I, I was like so unbelievably happy to be cast and every second between getting that initial call and being on the flight to Fiji, I was just shitting myself basically that I was going to get cut from the lineup. No, but that's like, you're yeah. so right. Like that's the conjecture that has been coming out in recent years. Like the bachelor bachelorette is just a feeder school to get onto bachelor in paradise. Yes. Like don't want to yeah. get too far in the season, but still want to get a good storyline. So they'll select you for bachelor in paradise. That's so funny. Totally. And I'm like, oh, power to you as stepping stone. If you're not into Bachi <laughs> straight away, I don't know. It's hard. You got to start making some storylines for yourself. <laughs> Do you go into Bachelor in Paradise thinking I'm genuinely going to find a match for myself or I'm going for the experience? It's a bit of fun. Um, Oh, I think, you know, it's, it's such a funny question because people get so caught up in like, are they there for love? Are they there for, I would say that most people are there for the experience because you want to protect your heart as well, right? Mm. Like you don't want to just, just like, literally anything in life you don't want to go to Bali or go to go on your big one-year European backpacking holiday putting the weight of the world on your shoulders to find your like forever person I think what was most pronounced for me was I definitely went for the experience because you know you can't put all your hopes on oh my husband's going to be standing there waiting for me um and the first year I guess you know, what the shift was for me was on my seat first season of The Bachelor, I really like didn't have a connection with Honey Badger. And so I didn't really get the love experience. And then as soon as I went on my second, my first season of Bachelor in Paradise and I met Jules, um, I was like, oh, wow, this is Mm. like, this isn't, I'm, there's no, there's, yeah, it's, it's real. (laughs) I'm having these real emotions. I really like this guy. I really think this could be something. And then, of course, the year after. So then that helps, like, that washed over me that, you know, this is, you can actually fall in love in this environment, which I wasn't surprised at. You can fall in love anywhere. You can fall in love. Like, that's what I think is the most exciting thing about life. You could, what I've always told myself in the moments that I felt, you know, the shittest about myself I've just been like so down I went through a really big period of loneliness just before my second season of Bachelor in Paradise and I don't think we talk about loneliness enough like I was just genuinely so Mm. lonely and I'm somebody that wanted to find my companion really bad Um, and but what kept me going I guess was knowing that every day that you wake up you can I mean you know or this is contingent on like going outside doing activities and like you know not just being a hermit in my own home which sometimes I was but like you could walk down to your local Coles to grab some bread and some Macona this morning and you could bump into somebody that could change your life like I really love the idea that every day you could be doing something that could completely transform the course of your life. Um, And for me, that was season two. And I remember saying to, we have these minders, like people mentioned them on reality TV shows. 
and I was getting ready to go do my big entrance into season two and I looked at my minder and we were just like sort of joshing around and I said to her like what if I met my husband today and you know not that we're engaged or anything yet but like you know it's I've I've met my person and so but that was so honestly that was so great to see because yeah I mean you briefly mentioned Jules from your first season of Bachelor in Paradise and like that was as a viewer I mean that was really shit to watch because you're so lovely and such a great character but then almost seeing you with Glenn it was like oh he wasn't he wasn't right at all. Like, okay, now we're talking. Like, I'm just so happy for you because Glenn just seems like a genuine good guy. Oh, he's the best human. And I think that that's so, like, I think that that is so transferable to so many of our relationships, you know, not in a beautiful holiday location. But I remember often, like, when I was going through uni and I was dating, I would be so enraptured by a guy and and like let them control my own emotions Mm -hmm. so much and then you know something would go bad and I'd be like how am I ever gonna get over this you know everyone's experienced it to the core of your being like how am I ever gonna move past these emotions and then you meet you meet the next guy and you're like what was I even thinking Mm. like this that that was amateur business like this guy is really so, you know, I think that we all need to be a little kinder to ourselves and know that there's probably, you know, if you are like, if you've been messed around by somebody, chances are that there is most definitely someone better around the corner. But don't you think as well it's unlearning like the fuckboy tendencies? Like I met my fiancé and I was actually very it was very odd for me because I was like he's a just a beautiful genuine soul lovely person I was like this isn't right I I I like being ghosted I like being treated really badly this isn't gonna work out people didn't see it on me and Glenn's season but in actuality what happened was you know I, I I did get there eventually probably like a couple of days once basically when I came into that second season and I met Glenn just straight from the get-go and meeting someone that I was like you know as you said about your partner genuine beautiful person like all green flags um I really resisted it quite heavily Mm. we went on that first date and I went through it but like you know they didn't play it obviously because they wanted their like straight love story but I remember that we did like a Voxy after our first day, which was amazing. But I was just like, oh, like, I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm going to um, ruin this guy. Was, yeah, I, I was just like, he, it was really nice. And I just thought it was a bit too, I, I said it in some, they've got like um, this year for the first time, they, they used video from, they used video from our private rooms and they put them on Facebook as like little behind the scenes specials. And that's where you get the really candid moments of people like they're relaxed in their private space. And I was talking to some of the girls about 
Glenn and what I thought about Glenn and it's all on Facebook and I said I worry I'm worried that he's not spicy enough Mm. and that's because I associated like you know it's it's a really nice I was reading something about twin flames yesterday and that's what people said about like when I was in the thralls of my heartache with Jules my friends tried to comfort me by being like, oh, you guys are twin flames. Like it will work itself out. Like you've got this like powerful connection. No, like I think that twin flames, the whole concept is fucking toxic Mm. and you need to find someone who is nice and treats you nice (laughs) and communicates with you like you're an adult. Like get out of this like quiet treatment and all these toxic conflicts traits to just like I really believe so much of the time we put toxicity on this pedestal and talk about it as if it was passion and yes I'm sorry I was just thinking that like toxic behaviors in a relationship isn't fiery love and isn't yes it's really bad and we have to learn yes that's not that's not okay Yeah, and this is like, you know, taking it back to vacays. Like, that's the fun of meeting someone on holiday, right? Like, you get this fleeting, amazing, passionate relationship. But probably, like, had you actually taken it home and you built on it, obviously there's exceptions to the rule. But, like, I can think of so many guys that, you know, I hooked up with on the day of a Bali, like... I've got those people in my memories. But if you actually think about, oh, what would have happened if we'd come home and tried to have a successful relationship? You know, (laughs) odds are. But that's ultimately the beauty of travel hookups. Like it's a moment in time where your alter ego can live out some fantasy or whatever it, there's an expiration and it's a nice moment in time but yeah trying to have that carry on into the real life I personally don't think it works that's not to say that you can't meet someone overseas and and it becomes your person but I do think there is there's fun in just keeping it in that moment in time which I, I tell you back, who back you need to time. oh yeah, me too. Plenty. Mm. You need to talk to Irina from um, who Lockie's winner because I think she has the best vacay story of meeting her person on The Bachelor and now they've been travelling for like a year together. Okay. Going to get her on. Her home. life is one big vacay. Oh, jealous. <laughs> now let's cut to post-Bachelor in Paradise. You and Glenn obviously... Um, had such an incredible connection and you found each other on that show and he is based in WA and you made the decision to move there to be with him and you speak uh, about this a lot um, on Instagram about what a huge transition that was but I don't know that unless you've been in that situation people can fully understand what it's like to pack up your whole life and move to the other side of the country in the middle of a freaking pandemic like that's that's a big move for love how are you doing with it all Um, (laughs) uh funnily enough the pandemic made it easier in the sense that um 
there was less FOMO. I knew that my friends back home were, you know, most people were laying pretty low. It wasn't like there were huge house parties every weekend that I was missing out on. But it was really, really hard. And, you know, some of those things I'm still working through now, like I just booked in, I haven't had a therapy session for ages and I've just gone to book one in and, you know, the doctor's like giving me the pen and paper test, pencil and paper, whatever, to like figure out how desperately of an issue you've got. Um <laughs> And he wrote. How how do you fit it into those little circles? You're like, "Ah, (laughs) I know, I know. know. And I was um, reflecting on what he'd written about, you know, what's going on for me. And it was just some general anxiety. And he'd written adjustment, um, adjustment disorder, I think. And I think that goes to show that, like, look, I could have probably gone with, I could have probably done with going to a therapist probably six months into moving to Perth Um, and it's not you know I I just bring it up because I think it's really important to talk about therapy Mm. casually because um because it doesn't have to be like a I I'm not going to therapy because like I need to get over I'm like being proactive with my own mental health totally Um, and I think it could have been I think it could have been helpful for me to talk to somebody just through like through light stuff of like you know um I, I initially probably in those first six months six months to a year and I think that that's the other thing that people don't really talk about um I think it was because I had at university like we go through other big adjustments and I've gone from high school to uni and I just made a whole group of new friends in three months um now I'm 28 and I've moved across the country in a pandemic so there's less opportunity to meet people even though it makes it easier I'm like not seeing your friends have (laughs) a whole heap of fun um uh it's really hard to make friends as an adult and it's you know I I was I was sharing yesterday that I think that since I've gotten older time just has such a big impact on comfortability and feeling happy I like in any domain moving I needed lots of time to be able to you know not only work on there's an adjustment with your relationship with Glenn there's an adjustment to meeting all of his friends and we were going to like stacks of weddings and I had to say to him one day I was like babe I just got a flag as well going to all these weddings like it's amazing for me to meet all these new people but the amount of energy that I was expending meeting Mm. all of these new people weekend after weekend like sometimes I just wanted to like be a little snail and go into my shell and recharge because I was I can do it like I can ask questions engage people but I was just like and it got to the point that we were going to so many weddings then I was like then that was triggering stuff within me to think about oh um everyone's like sharing their inside jokes and everyone knows Mm. each other from primary school and I'm like oh damn I have these people but they're a long way away from me um I guess from the hopeful side is I'm a I'm coming up to a year and a half in Perth And it is the best decision I've ever made. And I do, there is just such joy in, there is such joy in discovering in whatever setting it is that things are becoming familiar, that you know what you're doing, 
that you have people to connect with. Like I, I started a new job probably coming up to a year ago and it's taken probably a year since I've had that comfortability of being like, wow, I know what I'm doing. I know everything's casual. It feels comfortable. Yeah. And then from a friend's perspective in Perth, like I'm hosting book club next week with a Yay! group of girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. And like I've been to, I've been to book club and we chat online as well. And yeah, I, I it's just like, it's those little joys of being like, I don't feel anxiety about putting myself out there or doing this. I'm excited for it. And that, that I think the anxiety turning into excitement comes with time. So if you're in a situation where you're feeling like, God, this like just doesn't, this feels insurmountable. It's the worst answer to give, but literally six months a year and you'll be on top of it. Yeah, I mean, isn't that the most frustrating advice to give and hear when you're yes. in a place that you need quick results because you're feeling a certain yes. way, but it truly is time will make things easier and that or applies to, to so many. Well. Go to therapy. I honestly <laughs> love that you said that because I'm a I mean, you know, like everyone should be a huge advocate for seeking therapy or, or speaking to a professional that is outside of your circle of of friends yeah. and family to get, you know, some third-party advice and get strategies that uh, can help you with things. And But you're so right. Sometimes you get to the point where it's maybe overdue because you think that you can cope or you've got your own coping mechanisms, but sometimes it's just so, so helpful to go and see someone and and you can go for three sessions and get some strategies and go, okay, I'm going to check back totally. in in six months. Like it doesn't have to be this huge undertaking, which I think can be so daunting um, when people think about that. But I think that's amazing that you're doing that. <laughs> and it was, and a girl, you- it was a girlfriend of mine that was like, oh yeah I go to I go have a session maybe yeah as you say two or three sessions every year and she's like it just sorts my head out and Mm -hmm. I'm good to keep pushing forward and you know what a year and a half you might have some personal jokes at the book club that's going to be the big moment you're going to be like what did we just recall something (laughs) and have a personal joke (laughs) (laughs) exactly Okay, I wanted to, I mean, coming to the end of the podcast, I do want to touch on what it's like traveling with Glenn. Is he just a great travel partner? I feel like he's calm and measured and and just someone that's great to travel with. What's maybe one of the the best travel experiences you guys have had? Oh gosh. Uh, it's it's so funny that you bring it up because we were literally just sitting at funnily, it's so funny. Sydney oyster, what are they called? Sydney Cove oysters which is now located in Broome. Um, it's a really sad story, actually. They like they were set up, a lot of people, listeners probably remember, they were sort of like near the opera house. They had like quite a smallish sort of shack and it had been there for years. It was just on the sort of foreshore at Circular Quay. And their lease with the government had like come up or something like that. And they didn't get it renewed after being there for like 30 years. Anyway, they must have had, like, like they tried to petition, it didn't work. And they've picked up all of their floor staff, all of everyone, like from the chef to the waitresses. 
and they've moved everyone to Broome. Oh. And we were sitting. So now Sydney co-voices is in Broome and we were there this weekend. Makes sense. <laughs> we we're having a huge conversation about, you know, what makes, we travel really well together and um, where, where did we get this from? I think we were, walk, we were walking towards getting a dozen oysters and we just looked at each other and were like, I like, I love that you love this. Like, I love oh. that this is what we just want to sit down and eat a dozen oysters together, get some fish tacos and just like fully relax into our holiday. And so that brought us into a conversation about like what makes a good travel companion. And Glenn traveled for years. Like he's done the full, he's 34 nearly. And he's done the full, like big, big, long backpacking trips. I haven't even right. done that. Um but I think that, you know, I think it comes down to, uh, gosh, what's the, what's the word? Oh, my God, I'm having the biggest mind blank. When you give up something that you want. Oh, uh, you're selfless. A selfless traveller. Frick, it's, like, going to really <laughs> annoy me. Compromise. You oh, need to yes. compromise with your partner. Um, you know, if someone wants to go, mount, like, hike a mountain, that's great. Like I will, I will want to be, I want to go do that activity because my partner is keen for that activity, even though I might be like 70% there. And then if your partner wants to go look in like an art gallery for two hours, I think it's just about like, you know, opening yourself up to those experiences because yeah, joyful, finding joy in what your partner loves. And I love that quickly as well if you like are in a very highly compatible relationship, but both of you just want to like eat oysters and do cocktails <laughs> all day. <laughs> That's honestly the dream. I, yeah. if I ever come over to WA, I'm coming over and oh having God. some oysters with you. That sounds incredible yes, to get the sunsets absolutely. as well. Like it, that's the, just the ticket. Phenomenal. Yeah. Okay, Alicia, I ask all of my question um all of my guests the golden ticket question, which is if you could get on a plane to go anywhere in the world tomorrow, COVID wasn't an issue, there were no restrictions, you could just leave work, where in the world are you going? Oh god, look like there's so 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 much in my heart I want to say Bali, but I feel like I probably can't. Um if it was literally tomorrow, I'd probably fly to either LA or New York. Mm. Um, Glenn's brother's brother lives in New York, so we've got a bit of accommodation there. Um, but I just feel like I I'm getting sad that I'm just so you know like everyone I'm so frustrated with travel, and I just can't mm. believe I haven't like can't believe I haven't seen LA yet. Like I feel like I should have been there. I want to like. I want a celebrity spot. I want to oh. eat all of the weird, like, in and out burger. Yes. <laughs> and I'm worried I'm going to get too old and I'm going to have, like, a baby strapped to me while I'm, like, dropping in and out burger on its head. <laughs> Honestly, I can see you doing the Runyon Canyon walk with the baby strapped yes. on. Perfect. That's a vibe for you. <laughs> I agree. We'll do – Um, I'll have to pitch Glenn backpacking with a baby. That can be our next. <laughs> blog I, that, I, that, I say that like we have one blog no 
I would love to see that. Okay, LA, New York, I think that's perfect. Yeah. Um, and hopefully in the next couple of years. That'll it is really so. hard watching them all party right now because it's summertime oh. and they're like, go get vaccinated. <laughs> I'm fully vaxxed. So as soon as Damn. they can, I know. Oh, I'm I can't wait. Lucky. Okay, Alicia, what have you got coming up? Where can people find you? What oh, you gosh. Handle? Okay. Um, my handle is alicia.akinradburn and in a couple of weeks' time I'm going to be la- launching out my own podcast. Yay! Which is converse- yeah, conversations with women in Australian politics. So <gasps> incredible. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of the, it's like this, um, I think that more and more, yeah, it's, um, it's a hot topic issue and we've had some great conversations. So it's eight episodes and it will be hitting a podcast or your good podcasting applications in about two weeks time. Oh, I'm so excited for that. I get all, I get all called, my political have... intel from you. Yes. It's called in the house and in the Senate. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Women belong in the house and in the Senate. Shit. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. So that's coming in the next, next few weeks. We next can couple of that. weeks. Awesome. We will uh, keep an eye out for that. Alicia, it was so nice to talk to you again. Hopefully we can reunite somewhere, somewhere in the world soon. Yes. Hopefully oysters in either WA or New South Wales. That would be amazing. All right. I will speak to you soon. Thanks so much, my love. 